What's up, everybody? This is the Prince of Queens, Brian Myers, and the host of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. And you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Yes, yes, yes. Episode 195 of Top Rope Nation here to talk a little WrestleMania 37 direction or lack of direction. My name's Ryan Drosty and I am joined by the usuals Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. And before we start talking about the state of WrestleMania 37 and really just the state of wrestling television this week, I want to check in with the fellas, see how they're doing and I'm going to throw it to Kyle out in Cleveland first. And Kyle, I have to tell you, you might be shocked to hear this after last week, but I am talking to you from an Iowa where it is snowing yet again. A snowy Iowa, Kyle Ross. How's it going in Ohio? The fuck is going on out there, (laughs) man? Every time we record, it's a snowstorm. Yeah, we got snow here, too. And I even shoveled this week. What do you think about that? Oh, did make well, Cammy do it, huh? Uh, long time. Well, she always uses the snowblower just to be careful. You, you guys are like this. I like always forget how to like use the snowblower. And rather than ask, I just like, <laughs> like, oh, how about you just use it? You know, you're better at it than me. Does not, does not surprise me in the least. Yeah. But anyway, you know, great to be here, Ryan. Uh, no place I would rather be on a Thursday night than talking pro wrestling with you fellas. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. Yes, we do. Justin Joint, technical difficulties aside, how you doing, my friend? Uh, I am I am Kyle Ross fuming hot at my technical issues to start this broadcast. Uh, it, it's very frustrating being a technologically dumb human being. Wait, wait, are you are you Kyle Ross as in Kyle Ross mad when he was walking into that convention center down in New Orleans during Mania 34 weekend for the indie shows? Are you that are you that hot? I am hot. I am hot. I don't know if anybody can be that hot. Oh, yeah. He was pretty hot that day, but I'm glad we got you on the line. Um, we thought we might have to do the show with just me and Kyle for a few minutes, but we you came through in the clutch. You finally got we on. We persevered. Here. Yes. We stuck Long with ter- it. We're ready to go. Long term build pays off. <laughs> Thank you to the patrons in our live, uh, watching the show live, I should say, right now. We we do stream our show each and every week uh, on our Patreon page exclusively to patrons. And we've had some people waiting on the show starting tonight. And we appreciate you sticking with us through the technical difficulties. Sorry. And of, course, of course, we appreciate your support as always. In fact, next week, uh, we will be recording a brand new edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics podcast, our bonus podcast we do exclusively for Patreon. And uh, later in tonight's show, uh, we got a question by Luck sent in from one of our longtime listeners that has to do with the very show that we will be covering on Classics next week. So we'll get to that at the end of the broadcast. Uh, Be a good little teaser for next week's show. Uh, But in the meantime, like I said, we're going to talk current events we're going to talk direction of wrestlemania 37 and i think we're even going to check in on the state of that wrestlemania fantasy draft that we did way back in mid-october checking in in in, uh let's see four months later now we're still about two months out from wrestlemania but see see how our picks are looking as we get ready for it we're going to reference two 
previous podcasts on the show, we believe in uh, booking continuity on this program, not just one from uh, mid-October, but the one that we did last week, as a matter of fact, is pretty relevant, actually, yes. seven days later. <laughs> booking continuity. Who would ever think of that? I wish more people would think of that, maybe. Maybe yeah. make it a little easier to watch <laughs> weekly television. Who knows? But um, as far as continuity goes, we thank those of you that tune in to Top Rope Nation each and every week. And if you never heard the show before, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to the podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, or maybe you're watching the video version of the show right here on YouTube.com. Even if you're not watching on YouTube right now, check out our YouTube page. Hit that subscribe button. Although the the uh, the weekly live cast is exclusive to patrons, every month when we do our pay per view post shows, those go out to the world. You can tune in live for those, and uh, you know you can see the video version of every podcast on delay on our YouTube page. So if you don't join us for the Patreon live feed, you can see it the next day. YouTube.com/slash Top Rope Nation, and of course. While you're on your favorite podcasting platform, leave us a five-star rating and a written review so I can get you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. Just make sure you leave that Instagram or Twitter username in your review so I know how to get a hold of you so I can get the address to send you that free gift. We'd really, really appreciate it. We had two great reviews last week. Appreciate those and we'd like to see some more come in. Since it is WrestleMania season, I'd like to find some new listeners for Top Rope Nation. Our ratings will go up. They will. We will not be dropping 40% in our target demo over the next year, or at least I hope not. We'll see. <laughs> I have more confidence in what we're doing here at Top Rope Nation. So, um, Kyle, you kind of put together the show notes this week, so I'm going to kind of go off of what you have here for us. And uh looks like you wanted to start talking about AEW Dynamite from last night. What are your thoughts? Big fan of all elite wrestling, so I don't know if I could talk about this show objectively. Quite frankly, at this point, we're always objective. Yeah, some no. some, pe- some people say you're too high on it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you're, you're an, an AEW, AEW apologist. Oh yes, AEW apologist. Kyle Ross, always, always. Yeah. Go ahead. What do you think? Uh, I really liked the show yesterday. Um, I think they tried a lot of different things. I know in kind of perusing. The internet, uh, you know, some of the criticism of the promotion has been that, you know, maybe they're doing too much. Almost, you know, I there were people like that thought the Lee Johnson thing came out of left field. Uh, I enjoyed it uh, as someone, you know, who is pretty high on him. I mean, is he going to make an immediate impact? Is he a main eventer three weeks from now? Absolutely not. But I liked that. Um, obviously, I thought the main event was tremendous. I thought the opener with Janela and Darby was really good and love the inner circle stuff, how that progressed. So, uh, you know, love Pac squashing Dolph Ziggler's little brother. <laughs> you know, I got to say why, if, if you're old, I mean, I'm sure he loves his older brother, but don't come out there trying to look exactly like him. Why would you do that? You know, like the same hair, the same, basically the same kind of outfit he wears. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I, know, I know, I know why. Because it's worked for Dolph Ziggler for thirty years. <laughs> I mean, I guess if if a, you know a consistent mid Carter is what you're going for, more yeah. power to you. I mean, he makes a paycheck, uh, makes a good paycheck. So I guess point taken. 
I don't think Ryan's getting a consistent mid-car. No offense. I'll tell you who's really <laughs> good, though, is the acclaimed. You know, I saw you tweet about yes. them last night. My God, I bit that near fall. I, I don't know. Am I a mark for admitting no. this? But when they hit Jericho with the uh, boom box, I was yeah. like, my God, is Jericho going to put them over? But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good show. You know, I know the, there was some disappointing um, news with the ratings coming in today. But, you know, the news continues to dominate. Um, but the fluctuation... You know, and one of the reasons I don't like to talk ratings on a week-to-week basis, these fluctuations aren't that big. Mm -hmm. You know, particularly when we talk about the Wednesday Night Wars. You're talking about, like, movement of, like, 100,000 people sometime. So, uh, whatever. It wasn't as big. I mean, although it was Kenta's first big match, and I'm interested to see how that particular match did in the ratings. If that didn't do well in the ratings, eh, maybe that's a little concerning, but... Otherwise, this show was not as, you know, positioned as as important as last week. So I'm not surprised it dropped a little bit. Uh, Good news that Cody Rhodes, uh, not seriously hurt with the rotator cuff injury. I thought he was just doing a hell of a job of selling. Mm -hmm. When they revealed that he actually, you know, had a minor injury to the rotator cuff, I was like, oh, no, the Shaq match is so cursed. Yeah. But I I guess he's not going to miss any time per Meltzer. And, uh, yeah, I I, I just really enjoyed the show um, really from start to finish. Same. I mean, like I said on Twitter, it's just a really well-paced show. You know, a lot happened in that two hours. I started on a high note with that opener, ended on the high note with the anticipated tag match. And, you know, in between, it was kind of up and down. But, like, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you know, the storyline with the inner circle. Continuity in their booking. Love to see it. Right? The match with the acclaimed. They had the women's tournament kicking off. Like, so much happened in two hours. But I never felt like they are rushing to get stuff in. It, it was just... Laid out perfectly, I thought. And as far as the ratings go, I don't know how much Kenta is going to mean to ratings here in North America. You know, like how many people actually watch New Japan. I know we all, you know, we like New Japan. but Most AEW fans, you have to think, are aware. Right. But, I mean, for them to pop a number, they've got to be drawing in, like, a little bit more from the casual side. I think the hardcore AEW audience obviously knows who he is. Uh, mm-hmm. NXT, I mean, he was hurt all the time. But some of the NXT crowd... We'll know him, uh, but I don't know how much he can do for your ratings. He, the numbers last night were seven hundred forty-one thousand for Dynamite, uh, NXT five hundred fifty-eight thousand. So we had in the viewership department, AEW ran away with it. As far as the eighteen to forty-nine demo, uh, AEW was number twenty-one on cable on Wednesday night. Uh, NXT was number sixty-two. So uh, you know they've done higher viewerships and they've done higher demo ratings for sure. So that. But like you said, Kyle, there's a lot going on in the news, and I think that that plays into it a little bit, too. Look, I have not actually watched NXT yet, so I don't want to comment on anything specifically or be critical of the show. But I think it's pretty obvious that the Dusty Classic, particularly doing two Dusty Classics, one for the men, one for the women simultaneously, um, is just not a big ratings winner and and not drumming up a lot of interest in the weekly uh, television for the black and gold brand. Um, I, I think the consensus is that they haven't really been colder going into a takeover ever mm-hmm. than they are for this one. Yeah, I was talking uh, to a friend of mine about this earlier today, actually, listener of the show, and um, he was telling me, you know, he's he's at, he's excited for NXT takeover uh, this weekend, and I told him, I mean, I'm excited in the sense that I know we're going to get good matches. We talk about this all the time, but like nothing on the show is drawing me into watch it other than that i'm not like super jacked about any of the storylines or anything but i mean i'm sure it's going to be a really good show in the ring and i will i will watch it 
But uh, I don't know. I'm just not captivated to watch NXT. I also haven't watched it yet. It just aired last night. I'll watch it in the next couple of days. But uh, no, I just I wasn't that enthralled to turn it on last night after AEW was over. It will turn. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say it will turn out like probably almost every other takeover of the past year where they should just name it takeover colon in a vacuum. It was pretty great. Exactly. Yeah. Because the issue is I don't really care about any of the results. Right. And we harp on that a lot on the show. If you don't care about the results, the fact that the matches were good in the modern sense, like, you know, you had a lot of athletic moves and like Justin just alluded to, it's good in a vacuum. Folks, I I hate to break it to you. You want to be looking forward to a major show. That's mm-hmm. kind of the way wrestling's supposed to work. It's not supposed to be like, oh, God, this freaking show. Or, you know, I'm sure people are going to fire off tweets. I didn't even know there was a takeover this weekend. You know, you always see like some, you know, smart ass writing that on Twitter. Yeah. But, um, you know, <laughs> the good shows are shows you look forward to and then deliver. So, you know, believe it or not, it should not be, oh, I'm dreading this show. Oh, it was okay. That's not the way wrestling is supposed to work. I mean, honestly, I can't remember a takeover I was less interested in. I, they're not calling it the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, I suppose, because of we, they just don't want to offend anyone. Is that why we think? Because it's weird that it's what, like the Vengeance Day Massacre? Yeah, like, yeah. Or, that, 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 that doesn't really roll off the tongue. I, no. I, Ted Cruz has got to be so upset that cancel culture's one again. <laughs> um, oh, I, I just yes. want to make sure we don't miss it because I didn't. I don't think I heard you guys bring it up, but uh, for me, kind of bearing the lead on uh, a very an enjoyable AEW show is was the Sammy Guevara stuff. I think that that was my favorite part of the show. Yeah, the, the inner circle split was. I think they've they've built that up for weeks and weeks and weeks so well. Uh, you know, I think was that. Kyle, did you send a text about how the the use of the dressing room one week, like the way they've been yeah, doing that? Yeah, you know, so I've heard some people complaining about the camera, man. I actually thought it worked great how that they dressed perfect. it in the two people. Yeah, I, I was scratching my head. That are we convinced Sammy Guevara is turning babyface? No, you know that was my first thought. Is like he's so good as a heel. I just I can't really see him as a babyface, and frankly. After last summer, I don't know if I'm ready for him as a baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the crowd kind of is wanting to cheer him, so they'll be let them. But I'm not convinced that this is all not an elaborate ruse on Jericho. Like, we know MJF's going to turn on Jericho eventually, but I'm not convinced that Sammy Guevara, like, isn't working with MJF. Maybe I'm out to lunch. I don't know. Maybe just because I kind of wanted that to happen. And I no, I could see that. Ago. But um, we shall see with that. And, you know, I want to talk about something, you know, Again, you know, I, I read a lot of stuff online from people I, I respect and just random people, too. Um, He's talking know, like, about me. No, that's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but with the AEW, so we're a few weeks away from Revolution. We don't have much of a card. And I know there's some people who are like with the Lee Johnson thing to mention. They're like, oh, that's so out of left field. You know, Cody's got this match with Shaq and now he's just kind of working with these undercard guys. What's going on? I don't get this. And. I, I find that kind of analysis to be a little fascinating, quite frankly, because I think we've become so ingrained on the WWE way of building to a pay-per-view that we forget there's other ways to do it. Like, a guy can have a match and actually do other things. Like, the WWE way is 
all right, you've got your pay-per-view program. You're married to that guy. All your interactions are basically going to be with that guy for four weeks. We're going to run this thing into the ground. And the general consensus seems to be that's the way to do it. WWE is just not very good at doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm not convinced that there's not another way to do it. Like with a, like they've, there's a lot of stuff they've done in recent weeks. Right. And we'll see in a couple weeks how people feel about the revolution card. But I don't mind how, you know, guys have multiple angles and multiple programs they're working. It's a different way to do it. I don't I, see. I would argue against that. I think the only way to do it is to have your champion lose non-title matches. That's <laughs> it. That's the only way you can build a pay-per-view. That's what you've been taught. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they're not going to get, they're not going to get Shaq on there each and every week either. He's got to have other stuff to do. Or have the challenger lose three times on the weekly TV and then win the title at the pay-per-view. Yes. That's also a very effective way of, of building a title match. <laughs> right? I mean, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because how many dynamites are there between now and Revolution? Is it still four? Or is it? are we down to three? Uh, let's see. Three. Can you break out a calendar? I, I want to say three. I think where's a calendar. Dude, this is great podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, well, because next week will be the 17th. One, two, th- yeah, there's three. three. There's yeah. three left. Yeah. That's as many, you know, raws as there are between the Rumble and Elimination Chamber. So we shall see. I mean, they do need to, I think, kind of get this card coming together. But um, yeah, I, I don't mind. I, I enjoyed every single segment on Dynamite last night. And I cannot tell you the last time I said that about WWE television. You know, it's kind of it's kind of funny with them not really having the card put together yet, whereas we have a lot more faith, uh, you know, us as a podcast. And I think fans that they will be they have a plan and they are going to get where they want, unlike WWE, where we have no clue where they're going. That's a great point. Right. Because WWE sort of lost. Um, the benefit of the doubt with booking. We've talked about that yeah. a lot. You know, it's like, oh, it, you know, when somebody's WWE, I'll use the term, uh, apologists, <laughs> will say, oh, you got to let the story play out. I, oh, fuck, how many stories have we let play out? <laughs> Remember when Bobby Lashley, Lana, that wedding was like the key thing last fall? Mm-hmm. And like Lana was, you know, booked as like, you know, the old ball and chain holding Lashley back. Yeah. And now she's a baby face and Lashley's still a heel. That's that's quality <sighs> writing right there. <laughs> yeah, and that's just like one thing I thought of as an example. Yeah. So yeah, you know, again, AEW still we'll see. In three weeks, maybe we'll come here, tail between our legs, we're like, man, this kind of just scatter shot booking for this pay-per-view. But when that well, time comes, I'll admit it if it's not good. Kyle, let's talk about the other big show this week. What we saw on Monday Night Raw. It's really only one thing we're gonna talk about for Monday Night Raw, but uh <laughs> This uh, Elimination Chamber reveal where it uh, turns out you don't have to win the Royal Rumble to get a title shot. In <laughs> fact, five people can get a title shot at the next pay-per-view. So, Kyle, you wrote in the notes this was a troll job on wrestling podcasts, well, everyone. Your thoughts? I, well, I, that was kind of a facetious remark to yeah. hopefully pop you guys. But if you go back and listen to our podcast from last week, and you noted this, Ryan, on Twitter.com, a lot of podcasts tackled the issue of age told you he was reading my writing yes yes um i mean what else can you think but like either WWE just doesn't pay any attention to its criticism or just wants to laugh it off because 
We spent like 45 minutes last week talking about how overexposed half this, like more than half this roster is, how they've been around forever. And who do we get challenging Drew McIntyre in the Elimination Chamber? We Why get, is Jeff Hardy in this match? <laughs> okay, uh, that I have no clue. I have, like, that one, I, I mean, I can't even come up with a funny joke other than why is he even in. But we've got two guys that he beat in a ladder match at the last pay-per-view, AJ yeah. and Miz. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Randy Orton, who he's beaten multiple times over the last six months. And then Sheamus, who, and I could not believe this. Please correct me if I heard this wrong. His angle is that oh, I'm not a draw, so you had to make this an elimination chamber? He actually said that. They had him say that on television. I thought that Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara had re-entered the building. (laughs) I heard that line delivered. It was always my opinion that good booking not only accentuates performers' strengths, but masks their weakness. Okay, I'm not saying that Sheamus is a great draw. He absolutely isn't in 2021. But if someone isn't a great draw, do you know what you do not have them talk about on television? How they're <laughs> not a great draw. Yes! I was just Imagine so flabbergasted. I was like, what are you doing? Well, that'll really make me psyched up to see. Oh, I get it. So <laughs> WWE looked at a potential Drew Sheamus match like, oh, no one will watch that. So we'll do an Elimination Chamber and said, what kind of lame brain shit booking is that? Yeah. So, um... You know, this is truly a remarkable match uh, in the history of professional wrestling. <laughs> I, I mean that. You know, my, my hat's off to Vince and Bruce because truly anything uh, can happen in the World Wrestling Federation with this match. You have a match with five title contenders where no one in their right mind believes any of them will win. No one could make a case for any of them to win. Who, you know, Voices of Wrestling, they do a great job. They got knowledgeable people over there. I'll give a shout out. They have this week. Who would be interested in this match? Not I. You know, part of it is they're they're all former champions. There's like basically no underdog other than the fact that they're all underdogs because nobody wants to see them win. Mm -hmm. But, But there's no real rooting interest in somebody to get their first title. No. And, you know, sometimes... When it's a position like, okay, the champion's going to retain. Well, you could use this match as maybe a setup to uh, spark a interesting upper mid-card match at WrestleMania, right? We're going to talk about the WrestleMania card later on. Who in the bloody hell would want to see any of these five, uh, any pairing of these five contenders wrestle in a mid-card match at WrestleMania? Mm. No, I mean, it's that overexposure you talk about. <laughs> And I'm glad you mentioned that because I have the 2011 Elimination Chamber pay-per-view card up right in front of me. Of course you do. Because this sure does feel like it could have happened at the 2011 Elimination Chamber, doesn't it? Well, guess what? Sheamus was in an Elimination Chamber match at that pay-per-view. Randy Orton was. Uh, We have Edge, or no, not Edge, although he's still on this show. The Miz was a defending champion. Believe it or not, he had that Jerry Lawler program, which is good. I'll defend that program. That was a good program they did. <laughs> Remember when people thought wanted Jerry Lawler to win the world title in 2011? They mm-hmm. were so desperate. And 
Um, Drew McIntyre was in one of the cage matches as a, or the chamber matches as a challenger. Wow. Uh, Jeff Hardy. Uh, 10 years. Believe it or not, Jeff Hardy was not on this card. Was he out of the promotion in 2000? I feel like he was. That was after like his ill-fated run with Impact. Yeah, that sounds right. So he was, but still, I mean, everyone but AJ Styles, like, if somebody was like, oh, they were on the this Elimination Chamber show 10 years ago, you'd be like, okay. Yeah, you say on the notes that Drew versus Sheamus one-on-one would have been a better option. And I agree with you because I made the case for the rumble that Drew versus Sheamus should have been the match rather than Goldberg. Well, well the, go ahead. You know, that's my fear is, is they're doing this to prolong Sheamus and McIntyre to WrestleMania. Well, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Yeah, well, I'll say we're, that, that's like an issue, but like, I mean, at least for Fastlane, right? Although <laughs> I don't know why you would do it one on one since you've told us Shame isn't isn't a draw. <laughs> I mean, here's your WrestleMania 37 headline. Yeah, Shamus. you're right. I mean, yeah, the, yes. nothing says WrestleMania title contender like a guy coming out and like say, "What? You don't think I'm a draw?" Um, so the the thing with Drew and Sheamus that. I think works better than, you know, this chamber match is it's a personal issue, right? Like they have that history. Drew cut. It wasn't the best promo in the world. I'll be honest with you two weeks ago on raw, but it was, you know, alluding to a personal issue and personal issues draw, not Shane McMahon, you know, the, the gym teacher coming out and assigning people to a match Mm. for no reason. Like you said, Jeff Hardy, why? I'll be honest with you. I I really didn't like the way that that Drew Sheamus two weeks ago was booked at all. Where Drew was so upset, and he had tears in his eyes that you know his buddy was treating him this way and stuff. Like that is not really the way to get over a babyface in 2021. It was like they were doing the you know the Hogan so sad that Andre had turned on him kind of thing. Like it doesn't work. I I just I didn't like the portrayal of Drew McIntyre there at all. I thought he looked yeah. weak. You know. I want to talk about the chamber in general being used as the February pay-per-view and kind of a bridge from the rumble to mania or, you know, a way to determine the other contender, um, which we've seen sometime because Ryan, I I saw you jump in on Twitter in an interesting discussion that was going on. He's stalking me. Yes. Well, I just, you know, I I like, (laughs) Hey, I do thorough notes. Hey man, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I got good takes. Follow me. At okay. Ryan Drosty. There you okay. go. So <laughs> the initial conversation brought up a good point. The reason that Elimination Chamber start w- was brought to the February pay-per-view as we know it now, and for a while it was discontinued for the record, uh, but John Cena wins the Rumble in 08, correct? It's a big surprise. It was great. Yep. MSG, my God, they, they forgot to boom at MSG. It was so great. And he's like, no, I want to challenge Orton right away. At the next pay per view, I'm not waiting for Mania. Okay, that's an interesting deal. That's different. So they needed they set up a chamber match to determine the WrestleMania contender, and that showed Drew pretty well, if I remember. And they took note of it, WWE, and then they made Elimination Chamber the next. It was still called No Way Out at this time. And in 2009, they did the chamber again, and that showed Drew well. And that show drawing well is actually what led to the themed pay-per-views. People may not remember this, 
but it was the success of the 2009 No Way Out show that they decided, hey, we're going to just go with themed paper, you know, like, we're, hey, it's October. That means we're doing Hell to Sell. Yeah. And, and they did, sure enough. And what's fascinating is there's been no evidence that this is really that the themed pay per views work. Because while the Elimination Chamber as a, as a specific pay per view in 2008, 2009 did draw, once it was called Elimination Chamber in 2010 and every year subsequently, it did draw particularly well on pay per view when people knew it was coming. Yeah. So I don't know, man. This is a weak ass chamber match. I, I'm with you. It's so much better when it naturally comes up and you have multiple contenders ready for that title or a reason to do a chamber match. There's no reason to do this chamber match other than you have a pay-per-view called the Elimination Chamber. So you have to do it. And you just kind of like, you know, like the Hell in a Cell thing. Got to do Hell in a Cell matches. Oh, got to do a TLC match. You know, it's just, I don't like that. I like, like you said, like I wrote on Twitter, I like when you can just pull these matches out out of nowhere. It makes it so much more exciting. You never know when they're going to happen. When you know, like, oh, here comes February. You know, or here comes October. You know, you know the uh, Hell in a Cell's coming. You know the Elimination Chamber's coming. It's just there's nothing exciting about it. I don't like it. I don't I care mean, for to, that. To the point, it's funny. I could probably name all the participants in the first five Elimination Chamber matches when they were placed randomly at an appro- at a time where maybe a storyline called for them. Dude, since like 2008, no chance. Especially, yeah. and you have like multiple chamber matches. At least with the men and the women, it makes a little bit of sense. But when they were doing it, like two men's chambers on the same show, that was hideous. Yeah, yeah. Let's move ahead. Let's talk about WrestleMania 37. This will get Kyle hyped. <laughs> Let's guess the Mania card. You know, so most years, if you are two months away from WrestleMania... You have a fairly good idea of where the company's going, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. You should you should be able to kind of foresee where the storytelling is going. Uh, certainly for the biggest show of the year, right? But when we look at WrestleMania, we might have a, kind of an idea of some of the matches, but like it's pretty tough to forecast them here. So we thought we'd do a State of WrestleMania 37 show, and... Um, Kind of just kind of throw out there. What do we think the the headline matches are going to be? The title matches. Uh, where do things stand right now? We know there's been some reports about a couple of the matches, but uh, also the reports indicate that WWE really hasn't decided on a lot of stuff, and it shows. Two yeah, months well, out. I, I, and for the record, Meltzer is on the record saying they're doing Roman and Edge, and I have every reason to believe that that's the case. God, that let's hope been, so. Let's that has hope been so. like the only decided match for weeks from you know what I've yep. been hearing. And I want to make one thing. This thing they're doing with the the Rumble winners dragging out their decision, I don't agree with that. I I know there's a lot of hours of TV to fill, and and we got two shows between Rumble and Mania. I I don't think that works. And and we've seen in the ratings it really isn't being a draw. You know, when they dragged Edge to every TV show last week. Um, To me, I think you want to name your match or at least – telegraph to your audience which direction it's going i don't mind it so much to be honest with you because i think it's logical i mean he's gonna wait and see who walks out of the chamber match champion to see if he wants to challenge him right i mean yeah, I, if jeff hardy walks out of there you know he's gonna want to <laughs> beat him easy at wrestling there you go yeah I, I mean i don't have a huge problem with it. i think I, I think there's some logic behind it I, I don't know it's just like when i saw edge and reigns 
you know, was kind of confirmed by Meltzer. In my head, I'm like, all right, how do we storyboard this? You know, whatever happened to storyboarding? Yeah. And I, I kind of came up with an idea. Maybe I'll share it if we have time, but that would have worked where you he didn't necessarily have to like say it right away, but you could have heavily alluded to it being the match. And I think it would have worked. And yeah, I'll talk about it later, as a matter of fact. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't really like the, oh, I'm going to wait. Hmm, maybe I'll pick Finn Bat. Like, what are we, what are we doing? So how do you want to approach this discussion here? Should we just throw out the matches? I mean, obviously Roman and, and Edge seems to be one. Uh, and then just kind of go around the horn and toss out matches we think are going to happen. Do we want to go one by well, one? What do you I've envision got, here? I've got uh, five names, and I'm just curious as to how many of those five names you guys think uh, might actually be on the card. Okay. Okay, go ahead. John I actually Cena. did a similar approach to this, by the way. I, I had like six male performers that I think need to be focused on. John Cena. I think he'll be involved in some fashion. I don't know that he'll be wrestling. I think he'll somehow be on the show. So they, the reports are WWE says it needs two big matches each night. Right. And we know it's going to be the title matches are going to be, you know, the, the Drew title match, and the Roman title match will be one of them. I mean, if they don't bring John Cena back, it's tough to imagine what that would be. But at the same time, I have no idea who the hell he would work with. Yeah. Who yeah. It's, well, uh, Triple H. I was going back and forth on this one. I actually don't think Triple H is going to be on the show this week or this this year, this week. <laughs> well, he's disappeared. Yeah. How can he? His disappearance has never been explained <laughs> from that Randy Orton match. You know, yeah. last we saw him, he was holding that burning sledgehammer. He just disappeared and I, I mean I, I think he just went into the vortex so did you guys see this thing where he was teasing a match with Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts oh no I hope not I don't even know who that is I have very good linebacker we know that the Colts defense very good I don't know he didn't work last year Hunter it was his first uh mania that he didn't work since uh the one he was injured at in Detroit right 23. Yeah, that's probably right. I don't know. I don't think so. I'll say no. If he doesn't, that means it could be the first WrestleMania without Triple H or The Undertaker since, what, WrestleMania 10? Yes. <laughs> Would be. Well, I think he's going to get on there some. They, they need star power for this show. And I, I think most definitely either Cena, Triple H, or the next one, Brock Lesnar. I mean, one of those three have to be on. I do think Brock's going to be on it. I have a guess on that one. Let's hear it. All right, I'll throw it out there. Triple threat match for the WWE title. Uh, Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar, and Drew McIntyre. Ooh, a big boy match. I like yeah, that's, it. That's, you draw on that history from the Rumble last year when Keith came out and he called him the big boy, right? That's, that's what um, They like those triple threat matches at Mania. I don't see a clear direction for McIntyre, other than maybe they slow with Keith Lee. I don't think they're going to do Sheamus at WrestleMania. And so I don't see them doing a, a Drew Brock match, you know, a repeat of that. So I think you throw a new name in the mix. To, so you still kind of get the rematch, but you ha you have a third name in there and it's Keith Lee and they elevate Keith Lee out of that. Well, it's interesting because with the triple threat idea, Ryan, I don't think they're going to bring Lesnar back and beat him. 
And I also don't think it's that productive or who they would have in mind to have work with them one-on-one and lose. So, yeah. like, if he did come back, a triple threat where maybe he doesn't take the fall is logical. Because if there is a ready-made storyline for Brock Lesnar, it's clearly with Roman Reigns mm. over the Paul Heyman deal, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I agree with what Justin said that you look at those three big names he's tossed out, Cena, Hunter, Lesnar, at least one of them's got to be on the show. Yeah. Brock, they need to work out a deal with Brock, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he seems likely to me. We'll see, though. That's just a guess. It's not a report. It's just a guess. Yeah. I'm just Keep trying going. to guess matches. So yeah. I, I Justin, got two, two, o- two other part-timers, and I'm just going to throw them both out right now because uh, neither one really does much for me, but I just figured we need to get them out there. Uh, Goldberg and Shane O'Mac. Hmm. I'll say no to Goldberg since he just worked. I think they'll save his second match of the year for down the road. Uh, Shane, he did just kind of come back out of nowhere. I don't know who he would work against, but I could see it happening. Drew, my buddy, no. No way. <laughs> my, my, my buddy, my buddy Chad, like he did this like hilarious troll card. I got to look this up because I, I was in tears when he <laughs> sent this to me. He's like, this would be the ultimate WWE card. I got to go through here. Well, while you're doing that, I'll just throw out some stuff. So okay, that was my my uh, prediction for the WWE title match. We'll see. Um, obviously, Roman and um, as Roman and Edge has been supposedly decided. So we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see an IC title match between Big E and Seth Rollins taking place. Uh, Asuka and Charlotte for the Raw women's title. Uh, SmackDown women's title. This one I had a little trouble with because, you know, obviously we've got the Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair thing, but it's hard to imagine they leave Bailey out of a big match at WrestleMania after the big year that she just had. So I'll just throw a triple threat out there between Sasha, Bianca, and Bailey. They had that interaction on SmackDown recently. I could see it happening. So just for the fun of the cause here, let me throw that out there. Triple threat SmackDown. Women's championship you, match. You just need Bailey in there from our WrestleMania fantasy draft. Yeah, which we're going to reveal. We're going to get to that. I, <laughs> I like how he threw Asuka in the women's because I had Asuka. So it's funny, Justin, that you approach the card. And quite frankly, given WWE's booking, um, you should from the part-time perspective. By the way, I, I do have these cards. Uh, my buddy Chad said, <laughs> I'm hoping WrestleMania is Charlotte and Lacey as the main event. <laughs> <laughs> Drew versus Shane. Oh no! And then and then Bobby Lashley in a handicap match, winning over Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. <laughs> he wasn't being, the, the, from. If, hey, the, how about that way they booked that thing on Monday? Keith so Lee better Matt, not be wrestling for the U.S. title at WrestleMania. Matt Riddle, who has been unsuccessful all these weeks, sees another contender jump in and beat him clean as a sheet. And then Bobby Lashley comes down and kicks both contenders' asses. What a piece of business that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've got six, quote-unquote, full-timers that I feel need, capital N, capital E, capital E, capital D, need to be featured 
at WrestleMania 37. Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns are obvious. We know they're going to be the title matches. The others are Big E, Keith Lee, Mm -hmm. Damian Priest, and Matt Riddle. What do those six names have? They're all a little newer. They don't have that 2011 stink about them. (laughs) So I I think it is very important that those six names are featured prominently. Ryan, you actually had a match that I came up with. Big E beating Seth Rollins seems like a good idea Mm -hmm. to me for the Intercontinental title. Um, Retaining the Intercontinental title, I should say. Um, I'm not crazy about Seth's return as the Messiah again, but they did do a good job on SmackDown last week, making it his return seem important at least. And you know, he's going to be featured in some regard. So I think he's actually on the show, right? Yeah. It's not the first time they've advertised him to come back. That's a good point. Yes. I I think you would hope. I mean, they showed that video package twice. Yeah. That that would be pretty bad. So uh, him putting over Big E, I think would be a good use of Seth Rollins. And I think would um, help Big E's, uh, cause uh, in the promotion. Damian Priest, I think we know where he's going, right? They've kind of, the rumors are out there for this one, him and your boy, Bad Bunny, Ryan Satin's boy. You know, he mm. loves the lectures to tell us how important this guy is against Miz and Morrison. Um, I'm okay with that. I think that's a good use for everybody involved there. I, I think that you took the words out of my mouth. Just enjoy oh, it because if I, I no 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 I I, I'm I try to not take anything out of your mouth. Oh no! Hey hey oh! <laughs> um, but look, if I'm standing for Damian Priest here, and they're going to have him win, because obviously, if he teams with Bad Bunny, they're going to win, right? But yeah. him teaming with a celebrity and winning—that's kind of like a, a key uh, spot, I guess, for guys. So I can't complain about that. As for Riddle and Keith Lee. One of them is probably going to wrestle Bobby Lashley. You would hope they pay this Riddle-Lashley thing off with a Riddle win, right? Yeah. Um. So maybe, and then Keith Lee, I don't know. He probably does work with Drew, I think. Maybe he turns heel. Yeah, I could see maybe it. Maybe all Drew's friends. I, I, so I don't know. that That's something um, that I thought of. So two big names that I have not heard that you know are going to be featured or have to be featured somehow. Uh, curious if you have any thoughts. AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. What do those two guys do? I have no idea. <laughs> I was no. tormenting myself this earlier today, too. No, th- does it matter even, though? Because, like, you look at Bryan. I mean, he put over Cesaro clean as a sheet on SmackDown last week, Ryan. I know certainly yeah. uh, since your job, you saw that match. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like Brian is very content just to put people over. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's kind of funny. We were all, or many at least, were hypothesizing, oh, this guy could win the Rumble, go on and challenge Roman. I just think he's content to put some other guys over. I mean, if if Rollins isn't in that IC title match, I could see Rollins and Brian doing some yeah. kind of storyline too. Um, but yeah, who knows? I don't know what you do with AJ Styles. You know what's sad is I don't even care. I don't mean to be an asshole about it, but like... I agree with you. Mm -hmm. He's wrestled everybody on the roster. Yeah. I don't think it's a a huge deal what he does. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of names out there that, uh, you know, it's hard to say what they're going to be doing. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, mean, I think the first order of business is who's going to be that Raw contender. 
And then it's kind of a domino effect from there. You know, yeah. they'll bring in the, the part-timers, kind of like Justin said, at least one of those names is working um, because I don't think they're very confident in their, in their mid-card. And, and Bray Wyatt's going to work Randy Orton. God, am I scared to death of that match. <laughs> <laughs> they don't drag that one out through WrestleMania, do they? Oh, absolutely. They'll do a gimmick. Oh, <laughs> so bad. Some Firefly Funhouse. What aren't there some rumors that they're going to kill off Randy Orton for good? Did I read that properly? What? I hadn't heard that. I haven't seen one, that yet, but must have gone to one of those news with a Z sites. <laughs> Could be. Um. All right. So, as you can see, it's it's kind of a fruitless exercise, but we're trying to make some guesses as to where they could be going. But like like Kyle said. It's pretty hard to forecast it, at least on the raw side, until we know what's happening at the top of the card. So, and what's funny is chamber shakes out. The, yeah, well, that doesn't determine anything. I thought for sure the men's chamber match would be determining the other. Well, I mean, as far as like what happens in the match, do they build mm-hmm. any kind of story coming out of the show in the match? Yeah, but I think we should go back to that. Are you guys surprised that they're not determining the other world title contender? Yes. In the Elimination Chamber. That's what I thought for sure they were going to do, that Edge would make his decision. They're like, okay, well, we have another Mm -hmm. contender then. And, you know, as you kind of alluded to at the very top, Ryan, there's problematic issues that it kind of undercuts the importance of the Rumble when you do that. But, um, well, especially the the main problem with that is that you just announce them, that there's, that they don't have matches to, to, get into the Elimination Chamber. It's so right. Yes. So random. You're right. I, I think, you know, earning your way into that is better, but still, I, I don't know. I, I think the elimination chamber should be moved. I, I I don't like it in this February position at all. To put a bow on that previous conversation, maybe you move it to early summer to determine a SummerSlam championship contender. SummerSlam's kind of become like the second biggest show of the year. Or you use it, it like we've all kind of alluded to, in an organic spot in the storyline, like when the storyline calls for it. If you've got a number of contenders ready mm-hmm. to battle for that spot or or whatnot. I, I don't think, you know, just having an elimination chamber pay-per-view is a good idea. I just don't. Just like I don't think Hell, Hell in a Cell is a good I- pay-per-view concept. Just like I don't think TLC is a good pay-per-view concept. I don't yeah. think Money in the Bank is a good pay-per-view concept. Really, I hate all the pay-per-view concepts. <laughs> except WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, and uh, SummerSlam. <laughs> on that note, let's check in on our WrestleMania fantasy draft. Uh, from last October. If you guys didn't hear that show, it's kind of a fun listen now, four months later. We all kind of went back through it recently. Uh, we did that WrestleMania Fantasy Draft. I believe it was October 16th. So we were almost six months out from WrestleMania. And uh, Kyle had come up with a system where we would earn points. So we did a, a four-round draft, snake style. And we all picked four different uh, individuals that we were thinking would be in a kind of a highlighted position at WrestleMania to earn the most points. And when we actually get to WrestleMania, we'll see who wins this draft after six months. Uh, but we went back and we looked at the the, uh, the performers that all three of us picked and how do we feel about our chances to win this draft eventually when we get to, when we get to April. And so before we reveal our rosters again, if you don't remember, uh, Kyle, do you want to run through the point system you came up with here? Yes, sure. Right, because it'd be awkward if I said no. <laughs> no, you do it. I don't care about my creation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. So here it is. 
15 points for being in a, quote, world title match at WrestleMania. This includes the Universal WWE title, Raw Women's title, SmackDown Women's title. You get an additional 10 if you win that world title match, and an additional 5 if he slash she wins the main event match by main event match must go on last on day two to qualify. It is interesting that I, maybe we should. You added that. That wasn't in the original one, correct? I, that is true. I guess, you know, I was ad-libbing as I spoke there. We should speak because it was not known that this was going to be another two-day WrestleMania. What do we. Think? I kind of, I don't know. I kind of feel like uh, if you're headlining night one, that's still headlining. Yeah. Okay. I feel so, like each night should count. Uh, each night. Okay. So if you headline a night. Okay. We'll do that. Then. I mean. We should probably wait and see how it shakes out. Uh, if it's in my favor or not, then we'll okay, decide. Fair enough. <laughs> I love it. I agree. Hey, yeah. hey, based on your picks, you're guaranteed. Uh, I'm getting one, I'm getting at least one main event for yeah, sure. For, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that, by that rule, I mean, you, you're almost guaranteed victory. But uh, whoever wins the main event then would get 30 points. Uh, if the main event, by the way, is not a title match, uh, that's kind of awkward. I, I don't think we ever addressed that issue. <laughs> they, they put a not world title match on last. Um, we also said plus five for any wrestler that leaves WrestleMania as any kind of secondary champion. This would be IC, US, or tag. Uh, screw the 24-7. Um, you, get the, uh, you get three points for just winning a match at WrestleMania if you win a, a, a match that's not for a title. So the rosters we walked away with after that draft, uh, Kyle had Big E, Drew McIntyre. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Number one pick, Big E. Yes. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to stand by that comment right now. I'm going to stand by <laughs> It should be Roman and Big E at WrestleMania. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah, these are the order that they were picked in. Of course, it was a snake draft. Kyle picked first, then Justin, then me. But Kyle, in the end, walked away with Big E, Drew McIntyre, Asuka, and the Street Profits. Uh, Justin had Roman Reigns, Sasha Banks, the Rock and Edge. Oof. Justin went all in on a Roman Rock match there. Uh, yeah. Ro- and myself, Ryan, walked away with Charlotte Flair, Bailey, Keith Lee, and Seth Rollins. So how do you guys feel about your uh, your group there? Justin, you, you know, feeling pretty good? I mean, like one of yours, The Rock's not going to be on this show. Yeah. So you, you, but your other three are pretty dang good, right? If, if for some reason... Sasha Banks is not the champion going into WrestleMania. Something has gone seriously wrong. Yeah. Uh, but my big takeaways from seeing this is if I remember correctly, Drew kind of fell in the draft. I mean, he was kind of like a mid pick for somebody. End of second round. I believe. For me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was funny. I'm listening to this thing as because I had forgotten who we all picked. And I assumed Ryan was going to take Drew McIntyre the second. And when he did, I was like, oh my God. And then well, because- I. Charlotte Flair, WrestleMania, you know, mm-hmm. and she's well, going to no, be in a, in a title match. Oh, likely. for sure. But, yeah. For sure. But no, I, and then I was like, Oh my God, I got Drew. Cause I knew I picked Big E and, and hated that pick. I think we all kind of have one pick that if we could do it over, we'd probably change uh, for me. Mine is Big E obviously for the record. This draft we did took place right after the actual WWE draft. And I think at the time, the rumors were pretty strong about what they were going to do with Big E. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did say when I started the draft, I'm like, all right, I'm going to make the safe pick. And then I paused and said, ah, fuck it. 
<laughs> yeah. I would well, go I got with Keith Lee at the end of the third round, and he, the, the rumors were out there for, with him, too, that he would be yeah. doing something big. Yeah, and I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll go with Big E. I just want to root for him. And yeah, I mean, that pick, I don't feel great now because obviously he's not going to be the world title match. The best I can do with him is plus five. Uh, as Justin alluded to, I love that I have Drew, though, to back me up. Obviously, he's going to be in a title match. Hopefully, he retains. Asuka, I hope she doesn't get shouldered out of a Charlotte Lacey situation. Yes. You know, we should probably talk about the women's matches a little more. I mean, but I can quick. see that being a three-way. Asuka, Charlotte, and Lacey for the Raw women's title. I don't, does anybody have a lot of interest in seeing this whole Lacey-Charlotte thing shake out all the way to Mania? No. Pal! <laughs> One so, guy does. Yeah. But, but what I was going to get to with Drew McIntyre is because, like, for me, I looked at two things, and it was just about pessimism and optimism. And it was like, with Drew falling that much, I think it was the three of us being kind of pessimistic that they were actually going to let Drew carry this title all the way to Mania, and that's probably why he fell. Uh, and then for me, personally, Jesus, what the hell was I thinking that the vaccine was going to roll out efficiently and they were going to have a giant <laughs> crowd for WrestleMania and The Rock was going to be there. Talk about freaking optimism. Well, to be fair, you immediately regretted the pick. Like I okay, said, you were like, that was a terrible pick. And Ryan even said, you can pick over if you want. And you're like, nah, I'll stick with it. <laughs> but you did you did get Edge in the fourth round, which is like a tremendous, obviously the Rumble winner, and that, that made up for it. So, I mean, if you had almost picked anyone other than The Rock, you'd be like guaranteed victory. Can, can I trade The Rock for Lacey Evans right now? <laughs> no. Better chance. But, <laughs> but, well, here's the thing. When I, I picked Big E first and laid it out, I was at it. I'm like, well, who the hell is good? If it's not Big E challenging Roman, who the hell is it going to be? And we were kind of all like, I don't know. You, you, Ryan said maybe Daniel Bryan. And I was like, I don't think you're going to put him in that spot. Yeah. And lo and behold, it's going to be Edge, which is kind of a wild card. I think the reason Drew dropped to Justin's point is there was the feeling, eh, maybe is Edge Orton going to be yes. the raw title? I was title just going to say that because he had just lost the title, right? To, uh, to Orton around that period. I can't even remember. When did he drop the title, like, briefly? Wasn't it from uh, it was Hell in a Cell? It had to be right around that, yeah. That was Hell in a Cell, wasn't it? I don't know. Hold I on. can't remember. So, like, because this, this draft was in mid-October. So it was around the time either he was dropping it or he was rumored. Like, something we thought, we definitely thought maybe Orton Edge. And I think that's why Drew fell a little, fell a little bit in our draft, but... Yeah, it seemed like they might be moving into something different. But then again, Edge was there in the fourth round. So we just weren't as confident, maybe, because he was out of action. But who knows? We're, we were definitely questioning whether Drew McIntyre was going to be in the title match. I don't know that any of us thought he wasn't going to be in like a, a big match, but a title match, we weren't so sure at that point in time. Well, no, because it was funny because I was like, oh, well, he'll definitely be in the title match. And you guys are like, are you so sure about that? Yeah. So if or- Orton won it basically a week later. Hell in the Cell was October 25th. Okay. Okay, there you go. You found it quicker than me. All right. Yeah, I think I feel like with my group, so when I was drafting Charlotte, because I figured it's Charlotte Flair, she's going to be in a title match. Bailey had the best year of any woman on the roster in 2020, <laughs> so I figured she'll have a, a big match. Keith Lee was being rumored at the time to do something big uh, following the WWE draft. And then it's Seth Rollins. You know, fourth round, I felt like that was kind of a value pick. Uh, that he would be, you know, coming back after 
being off for the baby and everything. So I don't know. Like, I feel like I could still do good in this, but things got to go my way. You know, like Bailey might have to work her way into that SmackDown triple threat. I propose possibly Keith Lee somehow gets in the WWE title match for WrestleMania. And then you got Charlotte. So I feel like I could still score pretty well here, but it's a lot of unknowns right now. You know, Seth, maybe he's going to be in the IC title match. There'll be four women's matches on the show, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, the two title matches. I think Rhea Ripley is going to be on Mania work and somebody. What do we think about her? That's somebody we haven't even talked about on this show. Like, do we think it'll be a rematch with Charlotte? Do I mean, could she work Bailey? On, could she get the call up and that's just like a match to put her over? And they that's what they do with Bailey? Could be. It, I mean, it. To me, the biggest match, it'd be unfortunate for Asuka because, you know, she's been champion basically this entire year. But the big match is Charla Ripley for Ripley to get that win back from last year. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole thing, the whole X factor there is do they wrap up Charlotte and Lacey before Mania? And you'd you'd kind of have to turn Charlotte heel too. I think. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to go back to that. I think they'll save it for down the line. I don't think they'll do it at yeah. Mania again. Yeah, I, I don't think they will either. I don't know. We'll see. I think there's a lot of unknowns with this draft still, just like there was a lot of unknowns four months ago. <laughs> so I, I don't know. We're, we've gone two-thirds of the way now from that time we did that draft to WrestleMania, and we still got a lot of questions. So we'll see. I mean, we'll check in again, I guess, right before the show and, and see how we're doing. But uh, I guess before we take it home tonight... I do have one more segment planned, and that is a question that came in. So uh, we haven't done a, a full mailbag segment in a while. We do have a back catalog of some questions we got to get to. At some we should point, do that. At some point, we'll do like a, a full show again that's just all mailbag questions. So if you want to be a part of that, I save all the questions that are sent in. So those of you that sent in one weeks ago, months ago, and we didn't read it on the air, could still be pulled upon, so keep tuning in. But uh, if you want to send in a question, it's topropenation at gmail.com, just like the review deal. Uh, If we read your question on the air, I'll send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker, a vinyl die-cut sticker. This is high-quality stuff, no cheap stickers. A high-quality sticker if we read your question on the mail. So get them in. Uh, if we read it on the air. So get them in, topropenation at gmail.com. And this week, uh, this question came in from a longtime listener of the show. He's been a, he's been a big supporter for, for years from us, and that is Adam from San Diego. And I wanted to bring this question out early before the mailbag show because it's topical, because it deals with the show that we're going to be doing uh, for Top Rope Nation Classics next week as I... Uh, mentioned at the top of the broadcast so that of course is our our special show we do over on patreon where we do a deep dive on a classic wrestling show once per month and it's chosen by our patrons patreon.com slash top rope nation the link is in the description so adam writes the other day was the 33rd anniversary of the main event where the show drew 33 million viewers and a nielsen rating of a 15.2 market share for nbc which ranks up with Super Bowls and special series finales as you know, right up there, some of the top viewerships of all time. He says, how the heck does a company go from drawing one of the highest ratings ever to only drawing only a couple of million, if that, uh, week to week? He says, do you guys think the WWE or any of the wrestling companies can put on a show that can no. draw anything 
close to the 33 million in that higher Nielsen rating. And he says he knows the ratings deals are different today. Uh, you know, we've got streaming, we've got YouTube and everything. But he says, would it be possible? And he says, you guys mentioned it last week with possibly WrestleMania moving to NBC, free television at some point in time. So like if WrestleMania, and I told him I was going to pose this question this way. If WrestleMania aired on NBC, on free television next year or the year after that, like say a Roman Reigns rock match on NBC, what do you think like the top viewership that show could do? Kyle, let me throw it to you first. I mean, what do you, what do you think is the absolute ceiling of getting like, you know, some people just tuning in out of curiosity. It's WrestleMania on NBC for the first time. I don't think it would touch 33 million viewers like the main event did in 88, but what, I mean, what do you think is like the ceiling? And I'll tell you what I told Adam. Cause he actually, he sent this question in, uh, as a DM on Twitter. And I actually talked to him a little bit last week about this. What do you think, Kyle? So it's just to put that number in perspective, the next year on the main event, which was the famous turn with Savage on Hogan only did about 18 million. Now that was a more effective angle because WrestleMania five uh, crushed WrestleMania four on pay-per-view since the, I think the most viewers they ever did on raw was for the Austin undertaker title change in 99, right? Didn't that do about 10 million? Yeah. I was gonna say nine or 10 million. If WrestleMania was on network TV and they had the rock, presumably. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm not good at ratings. I would have to see like what, what does like a Sunday night on NBC usually draw? So I, I'm really bad at, I, I'm yeah. like really bad at this. Like what are the Olympics draw? Okay. So I, I looked up this like is us. Yeah, what is this is us draw? So I looked up like sports. What is Chicago PD draw? <laughs> <laughs> I looked up sports and uh I'll, I mean I'll tell you like on a Friday night on SmackDown, like the highest rated cable shows will do since I'm doing SmackDown and I always analyze the SmackDown ratings. Viewership wise, like the top shows on a Friday will do like around seven to eight million, I want to say, in viewership at the at the top. But like a big sporting event, um, the the college football BCS title game did like 20 million viewers this year. Um, the NFC uh, playoffs and the AFC playoffs were doing around 30 million. Super Bowl way more, but like you can't compare to the Super Bowl. That's no. like that's what, a what cultural NBC, event. What does NBC Sunday Night Football do? I think around 20 million. I think I think I think usually like 15 to 20 million. 15 to 20 million right in there. I want to say that's just off the top of my head. You can correct me in the comments, but. I think somewhere right in there. I told I told Adam my opinion was like the absolute top they could do would be like somewhere like 10 to 15 would be like really pushing it. But like maybe 10-ish million. 10 to 15 for a WrestleMania I think would be like the, the top possible. And that would be like half to a third of what the playoffs were doing pre-Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't think it's beaten 10 million. No way. Yeah, I, I said 10 to 15 would be like really pushing it, but probably like 10-ish, maybe. Uh, but of course, you know, I told him that's way more than watch WrestleMania right now. So. I I don't know, man. If it's on cable TV, if you have the rock headlining, 
and you have the spectacle of like, you know, maybe like a Dallas stadium mm-hmm. or something like that. I, I mean, I do think the tippy top is around 15, but I would not be shocked if they got to around that, especially if they, they had a decent card, you know, if you throw in some Goldbergs and Lesners and triple H's and Cena's, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Certainly be a curiosity factor. Yeah, for sure. And you, I think that's the key is you get someone like Dwayne Johnson on there. More people are going to tune in. Hey, we'll see well, what the, Young Rock does in the ratings. Z- starts up. Z- zero chance without The Rock. I mean, yeah. then then you're looking at like seven to eight. The Bills-Steelers game, which was a late season game, two good teams out of the AFC, averaged 17 million. There's for Sunday no, Night Football? Yeah. There's no way they're coming close to the NFL. I don't know. I, I don't. Ten million. Yeah, maybe. it's a good question. I mean, I you look at eighty-eight. Of course, there was less cable television back then. Yeah, I mean, people need to understand. Like, there just was not a lot of options in nineteen eighty-eight. Most people didn't have cable in nineteen eighty-eight, right? No, we only had. So my parents, who were like, you know, some of the most honest people you'll ever meet in your entire life, they actually, we actually, like, when we moved into our house in eighty-seven, the people we bought it from, they're like, oh yeah, we steal cable. And like we just left it for a while, and we we only got like ESPN and like Nickelodeon and CNN. We got like, but we like it was through the VCR, and I didn't understand. I was like, what a weird way to watch TV this is. I didn't ask any questions. I'm seven years old, but like, yeah, there just wasn't a lot on on a Friday night, which is how. And also, you know, doing Hogan Andre is, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about this a lot next week as the big rematch from WrestleMania three. I mean, it's impossible. There's never been any match that would would come close to that but yeah i don't know i don't think it would top 10 million well i wanted to get on there because uh adam's been a long time supporter of the show great supporter of the show and uh again it leads right into the the classics pod we're gonna do next week where we do a deep dive on that very show from february 88 you can watch it on the network uh the main event hogan and andre it's hogan losing the title for first time like he had had the title for a little bit over four years so uh, it's I've already watched it. I'm probably going to watch it a second time. It oh, yeah. is a it's an easy watch. The show's 45 minutes with no commercials. And that crowd at Indianapolis is freaking hot. It is. It's a fun, fun watch. I'm really looking forward to talking about it with Justin and Kyle next week. You guys will be able to hear uh, a preview of that Patreon show on the feed next Friday. And then, of course, that Sunday, we'll be doing the Elimination Chamber post show just a couple of days later. So the Friday show will be the preview of the Patreon classic show over the main event from 88. And uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can hear the full show, but you'll get the teaser next Friday. So anyways, I mean, that's all I have. This has been a, this has been a really good discussion, guys. I look forward to it. Kyle's a good IPA from Iowa. He's been drinking from top of Goliath. Got to give him the shout out there. Someday, Kyle, I hope to take you to that brewery post COVID. Be a good time. Uh, we're turning the corner, by the way. Thank you for all the cards and letters, everyone. Just like Hulk Hogan in 1990 that I got last week. It was just a cold. Um, <laughs> the turns flu out pod. I, yes. turns, out, turns out I'm just a big pussy. It wasn't he actually did wrong. get a COVID test. He did yeah, get I a did. COVID I test. I was that scared because, mm-hmm. you know, freaking people scared. I was I was feeling a little weird. You know, I was a little nervous when we put out flu pod stuff. I was like, God, what if this is like serious or something? And I have to like eat crow. But nope, I was negative and, um, you know, stuck the old swab up my nose. And it, it was... Was it it was nose? negative. Yep. 
Okay. Yes, okay. it was my nose. No, I did not, as Chad Repack uh, uh, <laughs> uh, suggested, take the anal swap. Okay, what a Is that over on the, on the Facebook discussion group? Got to get that plug in there. Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling discussion. Get in Gotta on the conversation. Join the Facebook me. group. Uh, but no, hey, that was one of Justin Joint's greatest contributions to Top Rope Nation was his uh, his Photoshop <laughs> of, of uh, Kyle and myself on Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen. I, I legit Game. laughed at that picture for like 10 to 15 minutes. That was straight. so good. After the show last week, and I'm, I'm mixing the pod, and that comes across my phone, and I just had to stop and laugh. It was awesome. If you don't know what we're talking about, the photo is on our Instagram page, at Top Rope Nation, um, and uh, also on the YouTube page. If you look up last week's show, the video version, you'll see it on the thumbnail. Wait, way stuff. to clean it up, by the way, Ryan. Your, your, I did clean up your a cleanup bit. job was much better than mine when I was probably buzzed and... Half hysterically laughing while putting it together. I, cl- I cleaned up the Photoshop a little bit. I can't take any credit because it was all your idea and it was hilarious. So <laughs> nice job, Justin. Thank you. Uh, you can follow Justin on Twitter at Justin Joint, J O Y N T. Uh, you can get the hoodie that he is wearing that he just got in the mail. That is on our Spreadshirt store. Uh, it is shop.spreadshirt.com slash top rope nation. Same with my hoodie I am wearing. The link is I, in the YouTube description. Le- legit, not just saying this because it's our hoodie. This fucking thing is comfortable. It's very. It is I incredibly comfortable. And if you get one, get it a size up. Yes, that was what I advised you. The, the hoodies and the long sleeves do fit a little smaller. T-shirts fit true to size, but the hoodies are a little small. So, go size up. I, I had to go size Wait. up and get a medium. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to see what we're talking about, um, if you go to our Twitter page, there's a link tree link in the bio that has the links to everything and all the podcast pages. And also our stores on Pro Wrestling Tees and Spreadshirt. Um, but Spreadshirt has way more designs than Pro Wrestling Tees. That's where you get the hoodies. And there's a lot of good designs on there. I, I've spent my own hard-earned cash there many a times. And uh, it's a good way to support the show, too. We don't make a lot off of it. A couple bucks a shirt. But uh, it's a way to get you know get some Top Rope Nation gear and uh, support us out there in the world when we're actually leaving our homes once again. You'll so, get laid. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Follow him. At TRP Kyle. Follow me at Ryan Drosty, D R O S T E. The show is at Top Rope Nation. Uh, we will be back next week with episode 196. And uh, we're getting close to episode 200. We're going to have to do something special. Working on, I got a It'll few be ideas. like close to WrestleMania, too. It will. We got to look at our calendar here because it, it's going to fall right in there. So I, I definitely am going to open up a voicemail line like we did for episode 100. Can't we, wait did a, for we did, the we did a voicemail line where you could call in and give us a congrats for episode 100 and i played them all in the show it was a lot of fun definitely going to do that for episode 200 so i'll have the uh the number posted in the in the show description here in the weeks ahead but anyways hope you guys had fun listening to this we had a lot of fun recording it and we hope you have a great weekend take care and we'll see everyone next time grab a hold tell a story 